Well, well, well. How are we all doing? How's things? You're very welcome back. This is the James Hempton Show. And today, I'm joined by a very, very special guest, Mr. Brian O'Loughlin. Join me, also known as Brian Movement. Um, so himself and his business partner, Rob, they run Movement 101. And I have been a massive fan of Movement 101 for the past three years now, going on three years. They're the two men that introduced me to mobility and it is a practice that I adore. And it's also changed my life completely because I had no, you know, even awareness of the body I was living in before. And it's something that I do promote with the clients that I've had previously and just in general that I'm just, yeah, a big fan of the movement practice. But the conversation, whew, you're in for a tree. I'm telling you now, you're in for a tree. Brian is a high achiever. He's running, like I said before, an amazing business. He also runs a community inside that business known as Telos. And he's working with high professionals. And to be working with high professionals, you have to be a high performer yourself, of course. How else would it be? You've got to practice what you preach. And Brian does that tenfold over and over again. But this conversation is jam-packed, like I said. It is loaded with great information. And it's just so interesting to hear Brian's story and his come up from where he was at the beginning of his business to now which is only gone, I think, four or five years. So in the grand scheme of things, it's a very young business. But we get into, yeah, some interesting things. So Brian, we're going to discuss in the podcast, he suffered from a shoulder injury. And it was a different sort. I think it was a Brazilian type of movement that took him out of that injury and introduced him to the rings. And like we all know, the rings are kings. There is nothing beating the gymnastic rings. They are the most probably enjoyable way to train, personally speaking. But uh, yeah, this conversation, I absolutely love it. And we also get into something that's really interesting. Like I said there, the business isn't going that long. And at the beginning of the business, Brian suffered from burnout, complete and utter burnout. He was wearing himself into the ground, working excessive hours, and his nervous system broke down. So it was quite interesting to hear afterwards how Brian coped with it. And just to give away a bit of information, Brian's a big man on systems and standards and holding yourself to them, holding yourself to them systems and standards. And he does this for himself, he does this with his clients. I know this firsthand. And it goes to show. It really does. Like living with intention is another thing he talks about. All very key, you know, key points to take away from this podcast. Yeah, like I said before, it's an enjoyable conversation. We also touch on um, his experience with psychedelics, which is something that I'm just, it seems to be a conversation that's coming um, up every time I'm speaking to someone at the moment. The topic of psychedelics and plant medicines is something that does interest me. So yeah, and also his thoughts around drinking as well. And his own kind of um, outlook on alcohol now, which is another interesting point. So listen, sit back, relax, enjoy, and all the best. Six now in February next month. Yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty six next month. Yeah, so getting not. I was going to say getting on, but sure. So how have you felt all, then in terms of like growth over the last year? I think I've. I feel like I've grown a lot. Fair play. I, I think de- you have as well. I definitely. No, I de- oh, Well, I mean, yeah, like the podcast, like substantial things, like podcast doing transformations with people. For me, that's a lot of growth. You know what I mean? And now, obviously, branching out, doing this cycle, be more growth and. I suppose, how else would it be? If you're not seeking growth, what are you doing? You know what I mean? I agree, yeah. If you're not growing, you're dying or you're stagnating, so. Yeah, again, if you're staying still, you definitely feel like you're kind of stagnating, all right, yeah. 100%. I think that's the idea as well with being uncomfortable. It's, uh, and that's, the, it's so cliche, that journey, enjoy the journey. Yeah. Because like. <laughs> it is, is it, yeah? All these cliches are so true. Like it's, they are. It's unbelievable. That's why they're cliches. Right, we'll break into it. Um, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, this is the James Henton Show. And today, I'm joined by a special guest, 
Mr. Brian Movement. I know that's your not official name, but um, <laughs> Brian O'Loughlin, you're very welcome, sir. Thank you, man. Um, it's been um, a long time coming, but we're finally here, thank God, which I'm delighted to say, and we've had many great conversations before, so um, I'm sure this one will be no different at all. How was uh, the beginning of the year being for you? Yeah, good, busy. Uh, we're, we're, what, first kind of month, and going to second month of 2023. Uh, I don't know, it feels like January kind of flew by. Yeah, yeah. went really quick. Yeah, in, in, in a good way, yeah. you know, but busy, productive. Because yeah. your, your brand is just growing and growing rapidly. What I'm witnessing through Instagram and everything else is just, it, it seems it's just, we're just talking about growth there just before we got going, but just the growth is just, it, it just seems to just keep on getting bigger. Is that how it is inside Movement 101 at the moment? Yes and no. I think I said to you before, like, you know, when you're in the middle of just kind of living your life, yeah. you don't really necessarily know, notice it. Yeah, you know, you're yeah. just doing what you're doing and you're trying to build and progress and do whatever. So, uh, you know, people often will say to me, oh, God, it's getting very big or you're growing. And you're kind of like, oh, has it? You know, there's definitely intentions to grow and help more people. Of course, yeah. But like, I don't necessarily, you know, say that I would notice it every day or notice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite um, a gradual thing. And because we've been doing it now for, I'll move at 101 the last kind of five years it's all I've known for the last five years exactly yeah it's all yeah it's incredible just to to, to witness because how I suppose for anyone listening how I actually came across your page and and Rob's page was the beginning of the first lockdown okay. and I had no idea what mobility was at all I never knew what it was and then all of a sudden I think yourself and Rob were putting up routines for people to do you know people had a lot of time being at home during the the beginning of March 2020 and for me I just fell in love with it because I'd never had a connection with my body before in that sense. And I have to say, mobility is, it's very intimate because it's all just your, your, you're really in touch with every joint in your body. And um, the question I wanted to get to is, how did you come across mobility yourself? Uh, injury. Oh, it was injury. Oh, yeah. that's right. So oh, it was a shoulder I, injury. Is that right? right? A was it, oh, was a shoulder yeah. yeah, yeah. So well, I've been in the industry now 16 years, I think. I think it's 16 years. And I don't know how long now, but say about 10, 12 years ago, I had a shoulder injury for four years that I couldn't get rid of. Yeah. And I tried to get rid of it. I paid like thousands of euro and got loads of different therapies and uh, modalities that definitely helped me short term. Yeah. But I couldn't get moving pain free, essentially. And it was actually one weekend that changed my mind about what I could do. Oh, really? This thing called Zoo. Did I tell you this before? No, I've never heard of this. Z-U-U. Did you ever hear of Zoo? No. No. It's a really high intense body weight. Uh, oh, is this like a Brazilian type thing, is it? No, I don't think no, so. No, I think no. the man's from Australia. But like okay. it, it, it was just, it's just so high intense. That and Anchor, I think it's what it's called. A-N-K-O-R-R. Yeah. But it was a whole weekend of really high intense body weight stuff. I got through kind of relatively pain free with my shoulder. Yeah. Like I wasn't training properly upper body for a good two, three, four years. You know, no. I was in a bad way. So when yeah. I got through that weekend, it was the first time, particularly in about a year, but obviously over those four years, that I genuinely thought one day I could move pain-free because I didn't think I could. And what were the sort of bodyweight exercises you were doing in the class? Like it, no, it wasn't necessarily that. It was just crawling around, doing animal movements. Just moving in a different way. Yeah, it wasn't even the movements themselves. The fact that I could do it, yeah. I was like, fucking hell, actually, I can move pain-free. And where was the pain originally coming from? Was it where you're doing a certain, like, was it a movement or where? how did the injury happen? It's more of a progressive thing. Oh, okay, happen over time. It wasn't necessarily yeah, one uh, moment in time. Okay. Like, I remember bench pressing in the gym and I don't like exactly remember when, but there was just a bit more pain as the months went on. I got to a stage where I couldn't sleep on, on my left-hand side. Wow. As most injuries, most people, just, it's more holistic and accumulative as yeah. opposed to it was just one, thing. one specific yeah, 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 thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I got through that weekend like I said, relatively pain-free and being able to exercise. And I was like, fucking hell, maybe I should start to train in, in a different way. Wow. So I bought a pair of gymnastic rings. So that was my first purchase. And, and the rest is history. Yeah, well, I got myself moving pain-free <laughs> somehow. And then like, I just it just changed my mindset around training, around the ethos of helping people. And I just began to help my clients who wanted to drop body fat, etc., kind of just look at their training in a different light, you know? And then I started to push, obviously, this kind of more quote-unquote movement aspect over the last kind of eight years and I move up when I won the last five years. That's beautiful. And it just goes to show as well. I think that's an important side to train as well is, especially with the rings that I found is, is the playfulness of them as well. Like it almost, as much as it, it is exercise, it's mm. like it's a form of play. And I think that might be like um, a missing factor in a lot of people's training is like you're going in doing a bench press, which is a great exercise, don't get me wrong, you know what I mean? But the thing is, is like, what element of fun is there to this? You know what I mean? And you can do so much with the rings. And were the rings, the, is that what helped the shoulder injury? 
Yeah, again, like anything, is it kind of oh, oh, just over time. Over time yeah, over time. it wasn't necessarily that I just did the rings and the shoulder injury went. It was just more around the belief that I had that I could train. Yeah. Then doing it in a very progressive manner. And again, just looking at different modalities and the underlying principles behind mm. those modalities. So I just began to look at my mindset, my lifestyle, my training. Like there's just so much more that I was ignoring. Yeah. And going to physios going, will you fix my shoulder? When in reality, I was sleeping terribly, I wasn't training well, I wasn't eating well, I wasn't taking the responsibility. Because unfortunately, and most people who deal with long-term persistent pain, they fall into a victim mentality. Yeah. And I, I was that way. Yeah, for four years, I was like, the fuck is wrong with me? Per me, I'm going to be this way forever. I actually got depressed really badly for nine months. I had a breakdown of a relationship, actually, that I look back now, and that was probably one of the reasons why it broke down. Because if you have persistent pain, which is classed as our quote-unquote chronic pain, yeah. over three months... It's extremely individual because you may stop playing sport. Mm. You may not believe that you can move pain-free. You begin to get much more stressed. Apparently, or you could end up being very, feel very fragile and afraid to physically move. It just wow. begins to impact every single aspect of your life. Yeah, and how that would affect your psyche as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned there about play and you actually mentioned it earlier on about intent. Yeah. We, what our whole point of, of doing now with our clients is that we just want them to be a lot more intentful with their training, but just be a lot more intentful with their life like around their mindset, around their lifestyle, around their relationships, the connection that they're trying to have. That's it, yeah. And that's kind of what's missing, I think, from training and life in general. So, yeah, that's a great you know, point. Using yeah. movement as a catalyst to kind of change your life is what we say and what we're trying to achieve. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, it's it's changed so many things for me and even what I do with my own clients now, like mobility, it just, it has to be done because it's like greasing the groove. You need to take care of your joints and I mean, that doesn't happen unless you take the time out of your day to have some sort of movement practice. And like you said, doing it with intention. I mean, if you can get intentional about everything you do in life, it's like everything that you do has a reason behind why you're doing it as well, which is really important. How long was it um, that it turned into Movement 101 after the was it the shoulder injury happened and then how did the business come business side of things come about? Uh, so, like I said, I got myself kind of moving pain-free, helping fat loss clients. So I still under the guise of helping clients, you know, be more healthy and drop body fat. Yeah. But I used to help them with little niggles and introduce these ideas. And then like athletes started just to get on to me naturally as I began to share on social media. So then I started to change more my messaging around movement and helping people with kind of in pain or different yeah. limitations. So that was about eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. And then I met Rob, my business partner of Movement 101, about six years ago six and a half years ago i was just on on the rings in the gym in flyfa and he was there he came over to me he trains on, on the rings and we just got chatting basically yeah started training together and we had the same ideas around training about what we would potentially do and we had planned to go online actually that's what we had planned to do but uh, a friend of mine offered me the studio which we have now in yeah, yeah and i was like all right i didn't necessarily want this but me and rob looked at going this is a great opportunity yeah. so we'll take the studio so Movement 101 was born in 2017, around August, I think it was. Wow. And that was kind Jeez of the start of us as Movement 101, essentially. That's crazy. Yeah. Only five years ago. Yeah, only, Movement 101 was only five years old, yeah. Now, like I said, there was definitely the movement side things was happening a year or two or three kind of before that for yeah. me. And then Rob to a certain degree, but Movement 101 itself is only five years old. And years how ago. was the beginning of building the business? Was it difficult to get it off the ground or, or how, did it, how did it go for yourself and Rob? Yeah, no, definitely. We, we started originally with like 30 members and we were doing classes. Yeah. So we didn't do kind of like individual work or uh, whatever. So we had like rings classes, mobility classes, animal flow classes. And then we had actually built a movement assessment for our members. Mm. And then just one or two people used to get on to me who weren't members going, oh, would you give me a movement assessment? I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just do it. And after a month or two, I was like, well, wait a second, this is actually a service we can provide the public. Yeah. So we, we started to do that uh, actively. And that kind of then began to kind of grow from there. So we then began to change going, wait a second, maybe we can help people in a much more individual capacity as opposed to these kind of, kind of group classes or group kind of set. And how did the online space come into it then? Was it just a light bulb moment? You're like, okay, we could actually do this online. No, well, actually it was more out of necessity because we began to grow very big. Um, mainly we had an article in the Irish Times because James McCarthy of Dublin. Yeah, I remember that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was a big kind of... Uh, growth factor first that we were, we had that so we we were booked up then six weeks in advance of people coming in to see us for the movement assessments wow so we only built the online po uh, portal because of that mm. we couldn't get people in because we didn't have space so yeah. we just built this portal saying look start here and if you want to come in you can and if you don't need to come in you, you don't need to so we were an amalgamation of both before covid and obviously when covid hit we went fully online yeah and now we're fully online have been for the last three years so that's kind of what we do now we do offer our individual clients an opportunity to come into the studio yeah but essentially 95 percent of our business is all run online with yeah. our systems and our app well, it's a great way to do it. i mean like everyone is like taking these in remotely any now, anyway nowadays so it's just 
I think if you're not in the online space, you're you're lost. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy to think, obviously, everything was in person, COVID came, and then this movement to the online space. So was it quite stressful at the beginning of the business? Well, did you, did, yeah, very stressful. Yeah, well, I remember, like, even just talking about stress, I remember actually breaking up with my, with my now fiancé because I was so afraid of failing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I remember, like, the first week in, and myself and Rob had put in 5 or 10k each or something just to build this brand and get everything kind of ready and get going and i remember shitting myself going if i break it off with her and i fail at least i'm on my own she doesn't have to deal with my failure and we got back three days later i, I, I just kind of freaked out a bit that but is like, so interesting i was so afraid of failing do a lot of men go through that because i recently uh, picked up the alex ramosi book um can't remember the title of it now 100 offers 100 million yeah offers yeah and at the beginning of the book everything kind of goes tits up for him at the beginning right. um he loses a lot of money i think it's just christmas eve and he's after losing the last, I think it's a hundred thousand that he had, and he's highly strong. He's highly stressed, and he says to his missus at the time later um, that she, he's, she, she'd just be better off leaving him, and that he wanted to break it off. All right, because I, I almost, I wonder why that comes about. I mean, stress does crazy things to us. It really does, especially in highly strong situations where well, I, you I, think you're going to lose everything. Yeah, and I, th- I think especially like the fear or these emotions, they're very visceral. Yeah, and they're very. Um, like they're just in our, our nature as human beings yeah. so they feel extremely real I thought I was going to die in terms of that fear like yeah. if I fail I'm going to die so if she's not here she won't die as well had something happened in the first week like I know you'd invested so much money but had something happened for you just to it, w- w- did no. you just have a moment where you kind of just freaked yeah like it, it was like it was I suppose the responsibility and, and me putting myself out there of a message that I know I believed in, but I haven't actually done properly or at this scale or whatever. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. any kind of narrative or story that anyone would have when they're trying something new. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it's just the fear that's there of well, what people. Because I, I used to think it was that I'm going to fail, so I'll have no money and I'll die. But then, like looking back, it's more about oh, people think I'm an idiot, or you know, it, it's more. It, it's not as bad as you think it is at that, yeah. at that time. So you're just trying not to be controlled by that emotion. And how have you how have you felt that you've got over that now? Because you're definitely you've gone past obviously where you are at the beginning now yeah. you're a much greater place how how what caused you to get to a better place or what happened maybe well i suppose number one is it's like working through that fear so yeah. being able to take action despite having fear it's almost like you have to experience something like that not have to that's the wrong word but it's like it's kind of worked in your favor that you ha- you went through something that's so difficult now you look back on going wow I, I got over a part of my life that was you know that felt to me that was like a highly stressful state yeah and, and, then, and i also think though i don't think you, you can so you can't not feel these things yeah i think like fear is just going to happen if you're trying to progress or do something new yeah because it is the unknown it's the obstacle yeah so like the idea is just to get better at dealing with it Mm. create better narratives find coaches or mentors or people that you can have conversations with that allow you to unpack what you're feeling and give you better strategies and systems so i think just now like looking back over the last five years i'm just more experienced to deal with fear i still feel it yeah and what you're trying to do is well what's the outcome where am i at right now i'm just trying to break it down and you know get better things and just start with today and start with this week whereas you know five years ago i was thinking oh my god looking at the next year 10 years of my life going well look just calm down it's just today it's step by step isn't it yeah Yeah. it really is step by step and brick by brick and i think i heard uh, i heard jeff bezos quote recently that like any if you're ever stressed out the best thing to do is just take action because if you don't take action such as your your situation there you might have been so stressed out about what the future was and then that it, it paralyzes you in, in a way, doesn't yeah, it? it? I think that's do. what fear can do as well. It can paralyze you because you're overthinking things. And all you can do is just, like you said there, is just take the next step. Just take that action. And by you taking that action, you, it, the stress kind of diminishes a small bit. But I suppose, look, a lot of people experience, and I think I have done as well, when you start putting yourself out there and when you're trying to like develop and grow your brand or start your business, you're like, that's a completely normal, rational thought. What if this fails? What if? You know what I mean? But look at you now, five years, six years later, Brian. And it's just, uh, it's incredible to witness and see like how far you've came since since that, obviously when you went through that highly stressful state. There was a part where you did burn out at one stage. Yes. How far into the journey was that? Um, About a year and a half to two years maybe. And what happened this time? So it was just, as I mentioned there, like we were six weeks booked up in advance. Yeah. We began to create this online portal and platform and we were just extremely busy. Yeah. So I, I used to work six, seven days a week and now we added this online portal to it. So not only was I seeing 
are working, say, eight, nine, ten hours a day with clients in the studio. I was then going home to deal with more things in terms of online, etc. And we just couldn't handle the people. So yeah. I was happy to work. I wanted to grow the brand. I wanted to help as many people as possible. Mm. But we just weren't able to actually grow and, and scale at that level. It was just too much at the time. So yeah. um, I brought myself out. I remember being in a... Uh, a workshop I was delivering a workshop with 30 people in the studio and I kind of came out of myself I was looking down at myself I was just like so exhausted my nervous system was just completely shot and I, I was just like I have to take some time off so I had to literally take two months off I would work around like bits but I just had to literally take a step back from the business and did anything happen or was it just like no, no, no nothing particularly happened no, I was no. just extremely exhausted like mentally I was fried Fatigue, yeah. I wasn't thinking straight I couldn't perform like I wanted to perform I remember at the time thinking I'll never be myself again. I was worried about getting back to who I was and this vision. I, I began to think, do I actually want Movement 101 and do I want to achieve these things? What what, what you, you're talking about and thinking of? But I look back now because I got better systems, standards, mentors, coaches in place Yeah, that there were so many signs that I just chose to ignore because... You were just hell-bent on yeah, just keep I, on. I have to do this. So I, I think I mentioned in the past about this, but the things I have to do now come down to like movement, growing yeah. movement 101, yeah. but also uh, my, my family, my daughter and my fiance, and then my mental health. Yeah. So the decisions I will make now are based off those three things and not just movement, not just my family, because otherwise, what are you doing? This and way? is there anything in particular you implemented after you went through that burnout that like you have now? Is there a certain system that you have in place that you use now that you didn't have before the burnout? That calendar training that I have. You're the man for the calendar training. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> so like what, what I have is this uh, just a practice every day and every week. And really what it is, is quite simple. I just have an intention for every day and every week. So there's questions I ask myself yeah. and I reflect on every day and every week. So it's just questions that I ask myself about like, how was today? Did I get things done? What has to be done tomorrow? It's just to give me some level of awareness yeah. around what's going on. So that's something you didn't have before. Yeah. I didn't have it. Have that. I had a calendar. Yeah. I was just, uh, in here, here, but like there was no real intention behind it. There was no real reflection. It wasn't a proper system. And that's what I was lacking. I was lacking proper systems and standards. So the systems and standards I have in my business now, I apply to my life. Because that's how I'm able to operate. And you're much healthier for it as well. Yeah. Well, it, I, does I, it all come down to organization? I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I think like gaining some level of awareness, because just the chaos of life will kind of dictate what happens to you. you know? yeah. like, and if you don't control that to some degree... I think it's very difficult to progress long term. You're way. dead right. And like that overstimulation of just the continue day to day and never taking time to really reflect back and go, why did I do this? What is the reason behind this? You know what I mean? Like you, you're talking so much about intention, which is it's so key because I suppose we can get so lost in life, not, not having any attention around what we're doing, that we're just all out at sea. You know what I mean? Tell me, um, in terms of business, what traits do you think are very important for someone to have? Um, that you've witnessed maybe in your own business or just kind of business in general? Is there key traits that people have that stand out to you? Uh, or maybe something that you possess yourself? Yeah, I don't know but, but me, you know, but just, just in terms of, like, I think what's been key for me and what I see in most uh, entrepreneurs that I am friends with or kind of are successful is having a clear kind of vision and mission. Vision, yeah. To try to be kind of pulled by that because it's not about like just earning more money. It's not about just doing things for yourself. Like you're really clear and intentional of what you're, what impact you're trying to have, yeah. of why you do what you do. Mm. And then you're being pulled by that. It's Your vision is giving you drive and energy and a want to create because it's extremely difficult. Like it's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, so I, just for me, that's been an absolute game changer. And then like obviously we talked about calendar and organ organization. I think that's important. But resilience, I think, is what it always comes down to. Being, being resilient as well. Yeah, because it's just so difficult. Like, yeah. I, I don't have all the answers. I struggle day to day. Like, it, it's not that it's easier. I'm just a little bit better at dealing with the chaos. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more resilient from having the experience and having better systems in place. Yeah. Um, and we talked about our podcast, about, about growth. It's yeah. It's quite uncomfortable. And now the idea is to kind of go and seek that and understand that it's okay to feel fear. It's okay to not have all the answers because we all experience the same thing. Yeah, that's so true. But we can adapt to that. We can get better at the chaos and organizing. And it. tell me, what was it you were journaling about? We just spoke, like we were saying before, the podcast got going. What was oh, yeah. the title of? Uh, the Hardship of Progress. The Hardship of Progress. Yeah, because, because I, 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 before I was uh, doing Move It 101, I would have looked at progress and hardship from a training perspective. I yeah. think that's quite easy. Like we have to push ourselves. We have to... You know, feel burn in our muscles we'll feel doms we'll sweat we'll be, we can't breathe we yeah. know we have to physically push past what we're capable of mm. and the body can adapt but it's the same with every single aspect of our life so that comes to me being a father that comes to me being an entrepreneur me being a leader of, of my team whatever it is 
if I want to progress down those avenues, there's going to be hardship. Yeah. So I have to almost seek that, but know that it's difficult. Yeah. That's okay. So if I know it's going to be difficult, what needs to be in place to mm. allow me step forth into that with much more intent? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. for me, it's about being organized. It's about having good systems and standards, having good people around me who can be open and honest to it and learn from. Uh, so for example, I'm on one year, no beer. I'm yeah. not drinking currently. What was the question I was going to ask you? Anyway, oh, right. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah, a, there's yeah, a, yeah, a system that I've it. implemented. Not, I didn't, I'm not a big drinker, but it's just a system I is have Is this since now. the beginning of the year? Since the beginning of the year, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, like, even last year, I would have drank maybe, I don't know, six, seven times. Like, not, not many. But the idea now is like, drink just doesn't serve me. You know, mm. like, so it, that's a system that I'm just not going to drink. I'm going to go 100% all in on just me working on what I'm doing kind of day to day and yeah. progressing in life. And that used to just kind of hold me back. I'd get pissed drunk and be you know, hung over for three, four or five days. Have you been away from the drink for many years? Like I know you're saying last year you only drank just a handful of times. What has this been? Yeah, I suppose particularly the last four years with my daughter who was born because being hung over when you have a child, well, number one, you're not being a good dad. Number two, it's just not a very nice existence. It's almost been a bit irresponsible. I I think so. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily want to see my daughter see me kind of piss drunk or be hung over. I want to be a good dad and that means for me that I don't drink. Well, I I think even especially on a business front, um, that I've realized as well, like I suppose nights, like nights out, they just cost you so much. It's not about the following day, but it just eats into your week. And you can't think straight, you know, good energy. And especially when you're surrounded by people and like you said, showing up as a leader, what does a leader do? Does a leader, you know, get intoxicated and not be able to like come forth and, and be who they need to be? And I think that you make a good point there is, is just, if it's not serving you, why would you have it in your life? And and tell me with the alcohol side of things is just a, is this something you want to do maybe going forward forever or yeah potentially yeah. again I'm not necessarily looking to be a pioneer or yeah. say this is what I'm going to do forever it's just something that I'm committing to 100 hmm. percent and the difference of why I made that commitment was like I'm going to go to stags I'm going to go to weddings and I'm going to say no I'm going to let everyone know around here because that's I, discipline exactly well, normally yeah. I'd be like oh I'll just drink this weekend yeah. so the first weekend in say six months I'm going to drink. But the difference now of me actually going into an uncomfortable situation, potentially of a stag, and then we getting pissed drunk and going, I'm just going to sit with all this and just enjoy what's going on here. That's more what I'm trying to do for now. Is, is that kind of hardship? Well, I think progress? that, yeah, it almost comes down to, like, you have a bigger purpose. Like, you're serving your clients, you're serving your business. It's like, you're seeing, like, I, I, I love it. I love it because I'd be a big, like, for even for myself as well, I'd be a... I'd be like, trying to, I think more and more people are getting wise about alcohol. That's why I see it going. And it's like, it's just, it's too costly to do. And if you can take that out of your life, like where are you going to, like you're going to develop into a much greater person now because of it. You know what I mean? You're taking something that maybe for many years has been holding you back. And now just, you're just ready to go. You know what I mean? Mm. You can execute on many more areas of your life. If you just have things in place that, like you said, it's like a rule. You're creating a rule for yourself. You're telling yourself, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And then when you have all the temptation around you, you're a stag, you're like, I said, I like, signed the agreement. I said to myself, I'm not doing it. And then, you know, like over the next course of the year, them seven nights that you didn't drink, you make great progress in and you just keep on progressing. Yeah. And it's just, just understanding, like you said, that vision that you have, nothing can sway you from it. Not, no temptation. No alcohol, whatever else it is, you know what I mean? Take all the temptation out of it and just keep going, keep going towards it. It's like your North Star is just guiding you in the right direction, but you have to act a certain way to get there as well. And I think I said this to you before as well, uh, maybe off podcast <coughs> for this, but like, I, I do believe the reason that you have a business or you're trying to create is just to grow into a better version of yourself, yeah. you know? So like, again, allowing, like if I want to progress my business or reach my vision, I just have to say no to things that don't serve me. Yeah, and there's plenty of those things that don't serve me, and they're uncomfortable to to, to say no to. It's re- going to require me to do things that I haven't done before. Yeah, and again, work through that hardship of progress. But on the other side of that hardship of progress is newfound growth, is a better version of me. But how good does that feel? Like yeah. you're, you're weighing it up. Like it's a. I suppose it always comes back to, uh, you know, you could have that instant gratification. You can have that beer right now. But you're you're delaying it because you're like, I know my business is going to grow because I'm going to go in with a fresh mindset. There's going to be no alcohol in my system. I mean, I can make more progress. And you're just, you're seeing, I think what you're saying, Brian, is you're seeing the bigger picture. There's a bigger goal there. Mm. You have real ambition about you where maybe someone that doesn't, you know, they just want to get distracted with all these, you know, whatever you can get your hands on, beer, et cetera, drugs, et cetera, and everything else. It's like they're short term. But you're seeing the bigger picture. You've got more ambition and drive 
maybe compared to people that are going out there drinking and that that we're, i know we're condoning drinking here and it's it's just it it can't hold you back and it, it's more so because again for me i'm 36 now so up to about, about <laughs> 25 26 i would have drank most weekends yeah and i, I would have got pissed had, i was having a uh, crack but really what i was doing it was to get my primary needs met it was helping me contribute i was feeling much more connection with my friends i was feeling a lot more certainty of who i was yeah because I didn't have that purpose or that, that passion or that, that fulfillment yeah, in my day-to-day yeah, life. Yeah. So what, again, movement and my business and my life, my family, my daughter have allowed me to have. I now, my primary needs are met around what I, I've already created and what, where I am now. And that's what happens when you find your purpose. Well, that's Actually, idea. that's something I picked up from your podcast with Kirk, uh, Kirk Miller. Yes. That's right, yeah. That's so true. And that's what drink does here. You have... Was it contributions? You've got variety with yeah, it as you well. Got certainty in terms of I'm going to have this and feel a certain way, potentially yeah. confident. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have um, connection. Growth, growth, contribution. Growth, contribution, uh, connection, certainty. Um, I've gone blank now. There's six primary needs. What do you mention there? Four or five? Uh, you've, you've covered most of them. But the idea yeah, is yeah. three of those needs are met through drink or drugs. They can become an issue. And you become dependent on that well, then? potentially. Because again, yeah. they're giving you your primary needs. And... I, I just our society in Ireland is that we just drink a lot. Yeah. In your, if you're in your twenties and you're not too sure of what you want, there's these th- avenues that you can go down and you can end up getting these primary needs met. Yeah. But they don't serve you over the long term. And there's nothing wrong with them. I've n- nothing against alcohol. Yeah. The, the issue you have is if you become dependent on them, mm. or again without them, you're lacking those primary needs. And we can all work through that. And this kind of idea of finding your purpose. Well, number one, you create it. Number two, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. And number three, there's no rush through it either. You know, like you can be 25 and not have the answer right now. That's okay. Like yeah. You're going to live until you're 75, 85, 90. Like we have mm. so much more life to live. Yeah, that's true. And you don't have to have the answer right now, but you do have to take the responsibility to some degree and go, I want to make a change. Yeah. And if that pain gets so great of how shit you feel, and it happened to me when I was about 25, I remember in my 20s going, I have so much more to offer, but I didn't know what it was. I just knew there was much more potential. There was much more in me. I'm a, being a fucking waster. Yeah, you just got fed up with your situation. But I just didn't know what the thing was. Yeah. Like ultimately, it was through my pain and my injury that it, my purpose and my passion came from. Mm. But like, if you have that in you as well, yeah. then you know you, you, you can work through it. You know you can find something that gives you much more of a connection to who you are and what you want. And you can do it in a much more progressive and empowering way than kind of falling back on things that don't serve you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really important, the primary, uh, like primary needs i don't think i never came across them before i heard that podcast with yourself and kurt and i think it's so essential that people almost know about them because you can find it if you just if you list them all off like we have so done yeah, the six because certainty variety yeah uh connection slash love there's one other one but the other two then are growth and contribution yeah so for me personally my primary drivers are growth and contribution yeah I want to contribute to, in my day-to-day life to my daughter, to my missus, to my clients, to people who I interact with. Because you feel a sense of importance. Well, yeah, I, I feel that, a sense of value. Value, I, I, yeah. Why am I yeah. on this earth to do it? And I, I want to have growth in my life and hence drinking. Drinking doesn't give me growth. No. So if I can get rid of that, I can grow down o- o- other avenues. That's massive for me personally. Now your needs may be different, but the idea is you find out what is your need. Like, do you need love and connection? Yeah. So potentially... Uh, for example, I would have found love and connection through uh, getting pissed drunk and having DMCs with my mates when I was 21. Yeah. Whereas now it's... How DM- common is that? Exactly, but I have a DMC with you right now. Yeah. I'm open and honest and I have fears and I want to have a conversation with you and I want to learn from you. But it can be done without the intoxication side of things as well. Exactly, but people are embarrassed to be vulnerable yeah. or be open or not have the answer. And we're all just human and we're all just looking for our primary needs. And we're and seeking that right. connection. I think that's what it is as well. Uh, yeah, that's massive. Uh, but as you said, the, the, the narrative is changing. Like we have avenues now and we have in- access to information. But then also that access to information can drown it out because there's so much information. Yeah. I should do this or why am I doing that? And there's, there's no such thing as a should. Mm. Like you don't have to do anything. It's not that at a certain age you have to have this. The idea is a must. What do you want to do? Yeah. What must you do in, in order to, to feel better? Exactly. What must you do in order to feel value? What, what's your reason for being? And that takes time, effort and energy, but everyone can find that. Yeah. And I think, look, that'll come to you as well. The more aware that you become as well, the self-awareness that comes with that as well, because, I mean, if you're lacking that self-awareness, you're just ignorant to everything else that's going on and you might not even, you know, you might not even realize what you're doing, what you're doing in terms of drinking. Mm. That's what it might come down to. Tell me, um, we touched on uh, self-development there a bit. I remember you had a you had a quote before the first time I met you um, at the event that STPT done. And it was about um, self-development self, de- self development starts with self-awareness. 
And I was going to ask you the question, how have you cultivated self-awareness into, into your own life? Is there any practices that you've done or how has it came about that you became more self-aware? Um, yeah, a couple of things. I suppose the first thing is just the experience. So for example, the likes of my burnouts, etc. all of the hardship that I've been able to work through in my life has actually been great catalysts for growth. Yeah. So they're awful in the moment. <laughs> yeah. I don't like, I don't enjoy them and I'm extremely uh, confused and I don't know if I'll ever get work my way through it. Mm. But once I do, they are unbelievable for building awareness and allowing me to progress and grow. So what I just try and do now is I just try and be a bit more proactive. I don't want to burn myself out. I don't want to go through more pain or hardship than is necessary. So I have the likes of my calendar. I write, I journal. I read intention in terms of what, what I'm doing when I journal. So I'm not just journaling about myself and the day. You ask yourself certain questions. Exactly. So yeah. I'm just trying to find out. So for example, I have this uh, practice that I learned from Damien Brown called What Comes Up. Did I ever tell you that practice? No, I don't think so, no. So What Comes Up is... Uh, you'll do a tough session. That could be a conditioning session where you're running for fucking whatever, do sprints where you're going to get sick, hop on the prowler, yeah. going uh, to a tough weight session. But the idea is you do it with no music and you have a, a notepad there and what comes up? Oh, you talked so about this before. you're trying to kill yourself. So your brain, your body is just trying not to die yeah. and you may get sick and whatever just comes up, you write down. And some of the ideas I get, some of the thoughts, some of the feelings. So I can then take that yeah. and begin just to journal or write on that. So that's just a practice that I have because I'm training anyway. I'm, I'm going to just push myself physically hard and I've ever pushed myself. And what comes up? And have you had many like groundbreaking thoughts or ideas oh, that come up? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. the idea is that with all this stuff, I think everything that like you hear, this kind of cliche of everything is inside you already. Yeah. But it is. like The, the ideas and the thoughts, like things are inside you that we just kind of block or suppress or we're unaware of. Oh. And we just need systems again or we just need space to allow these things to unfold and not to try and find the answer, just to allow these things to unfold. And whatever comes up, comes up. Yeah. And from there, we can be a bit more retrospective or progressive and begin to kind of work on them. Yeah. But just systems like that, like writing for me has been massive. Like it, it's just, it's been a game changer. Yeah, I think I you, you have same. a quote that you said to me. I think you paraphrasing uh, Naval Ravikant before but you read more to learn about others and you write more to learn about yourself yeah is that what it is yeah, yeah. read and more to learn about others write more to learn more about yourself about yourself and Peterson is mad for writing yeah just to understand yourself more because the idea with writing very similar to podcasting we don't know what we're going to say we don't know what's going to come up mm. and as a result we can go oh okay and we can begin to explore we can begin to kind of find out new things about ourselves or what we feel or what we want exactly and if you never take that time to have any sort of reflection like that, it's just everything can get caught up. It's almost like mental clarity. You're just getting all your thoughts and ideas and whatever it is upstairs, just onto a page. It's it's almost very freeing because then you look at it and go, well, I'm thinking a certain way. Mm. You start asking yourself certain questions and you get to, the, you go down all these routes, you get in, you get to a deeper level of what's going on in your own brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. How you're thinking about, th- how you're thinking about certain things. Um, where else we go this conversation? I want to touch on something I don't know a lot about, um, which is psychedelics. Okay. Um, have they played much of a role in your own life over the over the past couple of years? Yeah, they have over the last uh, four years in particular. I'd say. Yeah. I started to do it the first time. So. How did it come about? Did it, What was your interest in getting into them, or how how did that come? Well, ayahuasca was the first one. So I, I've been like, kind of researching ayahuasca for about three years. Yeah. Um, ayahuasca is a plant medicine from the amazon yeah and i i thought you had to go to the amazon to do it i was just reading about it uh this idea of kind of taking a psychedelic or plant medicine to learn more about yourself yeah and i just i used to always research it listen to podcasts just find out more about it but never really thought i would do it but they do always say that you'll be called to do something like this you'd be called yeah, yeah. So i remember being at a mentorship and i was just ha- having to be listening to a podcast and doing a bit of uh, writing on plant medicine and a guy who I didn't know came up to me and goes, I done ayahuasca last week. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, he just gave me more information. I was like, why are you telling me? He was like, I don't know. I just felt like I had to tell you. So I was like, <laughs> I did a sign. I've got to kind of rock and roll and go and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of my first instant into plant medicine. So I've done ayahuasca uh, twice. And I've since done a psilocybin uh, journey three times now. And these are all ceremonies? They're all ceremonies. Yeah. I'm not just doing it for the crack on my own. Yeah. It's not. A, 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 and someone's a, a guiding you through it. Exactly. So yeah. you go to a shaman, you go to uh, who holds space for you. Uh, you're there with other people. And the idea is that you're going on a trip to explore, to understand more about yourself, to have real intention and be around a setting that allows you to be open, to be vulnerable and essentially learn more about yourself. And you get a lot of insights from this as well, don't you? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's extremely visceral and extremely intense. So the journey itself is amazing 
terrifying, orgasmic, madness. You go through, All rolled into one. Yeah, you go through so many different kind of journeys. But the idea is that you're just trying to find and understand more about yourself. It can be extremely difficult, particularly mm. with ayahuasca. Uh, you, you are purging. You're literally getting sick and you're getting out this kind of gut and bile and juju that's kind of in you that you're not too sure of what it is. Yeah. Um, and it's just been a practice that I use kind of now over the last four years, roughly every year. I kind of use it as a reset, yeah. getting off a lot of downloads and information and the idea then you go, you go back into your life because people do plant medicine. It seems to be kind of in the world and, and you know it's kind of popular now to talk about, yeah. but it's the integration is the hardest thing because everything that you understand and go through under plant medicine, it's nothing new. You kind of already know it. You just viscerally experience it, but can you go back into the real world and integrate these things uh into your life and what's been something that you've taken from your your plant medicine experience and and taken into your own life well for example this uh, systems and standards that we teach our clients and that i uh, implement in my life i remember being uh on a psilocybin journey so a mushroom journey being out the back garden and just feeling pure bliss it was like heaven on earth the sun was just beaming down i just remember feeling this is heaven on earth i just can't explain what it was just a feeling and a knowing that this is amazing i think i never felt before and then just this knowing and this kind of voice came saying, you don't need us to feel this way. You and just don't straight need away, us to feel this way. This idea of systems and standards. So systems and standards for me, again, are meditation, our physically training, our journaling, are just doing the things that I know I need to do every single day that mm. allow me to develop. But they're difficult to do. Sometimes I don't want to do them. I have to sit down, actively work on these things in order to progress. So for example, meditation, which I, I know you're big on. Yeah. I work with someone for a year and a half uh, every single month to get better at meditating because I couldn't do it myself. And, and I had that. a psychedelic experience twice now through meditation oh, wow. um, by working with somebody. So the experience that you can have under plant medicine, you can have at any point in your life, but it just requires work. It requires consistency. And we all know what those things are for us. Yeah. But doing them is just the really hard part. It's a difficult part. Tell me, you just touching on the, medica- on the meditation coach, did, did you learn a lot from, from having a coach? That guided yeah. you through meditation, yeah? Yeah, it was more... So his... I, I find it really difficult to listen to meditation and kind of be my mind wandering or whatever. So yeah. his form of meditation was just to pick a body part that you feel and begin to kind of breathe and work in there and he would ask kind of different uh, questions. And all it is just to get you to a certain state where you're able to actually just allow yourself to be. And I've had experiences, like I say, psychedelic because I've had psychedelics. I know what what they. And could you? Is there any way you could describe that kind of psychedelic like like experience through meditation? uh, I remember having uh, particular things about my dad that I thought at one point on the meditation that I thought I wanted him to be proud of me, and actually it was more about actually looking at him and feeling sorry for him. Yeah. And just this kind of knowing, and I had this kind of kind of breathing and this feeling, and me as kind of masculine energy and kind of accepting this information of being a man, and that was under just meditation and deep breathing wow and it was just again to, to say all this it's hard to say that you're consciously thinking this yeah these things are just there and you're experiencing them at a very very visceral level and then the idea is that you get these quote unquote some level of download and now it's like okay i've changed to some degree how am i now going to step forward into life kind of day to day yeah what am i going to do but what am i going to say no to what discipline will i bring to my life that i know i should do and then when you begin to step forward into that you begin to see a bit more um, results yeah you, you, yeah you said something interesting like download it's like it's almost like although we download this information it's it's already within us mm. it, i definitely feel like it is that's such an interesting um experience that you had there's there's one thing with the the psychedelic experience i just want to go back to because i heard you say it on primal podcast and dan's podcast Um, i think this not the most recent experience you had but one before that Um, something to do with your partner and a kind of pink glow a pink light oh yeah that was the very first time i ever did ay- ayahuasca yeah so what was it, what was that about? So I took ayahuasca and then my meditation uh, and my intention as I was uh, taking the medicine was to heal my heart. Oh, to so heal your I, heart. I was sitting there to heal my heart. I were you heartbroken? Or are you, are no, you? I, just, I worked with, with, with a mentor uh, before taking uh, ayahuasca and he gave me some examples of what I could uh, come into in terms of my intentions. Yeah. And one of my intentions was heal my heart. We just both came to the conclusion that would be a good thing to go in with. So I was there and Danielle is my fiance. So when you're under the medicine, you're essentially, well, you've got a blindfold on but it's almost like you're dreaming. Yeah. It's hard to explain, but you're just you're just here, mm. and there's a knowing. Like I I don't get mad visions. There's just these things that are kind of happening. I'm dreaming, but I'm conscious. It's hard to explain. And Danielle was kind of coming and going, and I was really afraid to let her go. I just kept on like, oh, where are you going? Don't go. Don't keep coming back. But yeah. eventually, I was like, no, just let her go. She's okay. So I accepted what it was, and eventually, she went away. 
and I, I can only describe of this pink glow that came burning out of my heart and I just felt this pink glow coming and tears were streaming down my face and it was a love I've never felt before and as it was happening it went on about 10 minutes I thought it was the love for Danielle and then I was like wait a second I know she allows me to love myself and I was like wait a second this is just me loving myself right now so this experience I'm having is this pink glow it's just a pure love for myself and again it's not a very conscious thing it's just happening and that went on like I said about 10-15 minutes and it was just that sounds so intense oh, it's extremely intense like it's, and, I, like I said, and oh, do you think the message was that you need to love yourself more potentially or? but all I was doing literally was I was literally experiencing love for myself so from that day onwards the love for myself changed wow. everything changed I, I can't explain it from a conscious level this is so interesting because I've had I only had someone on recently talk about this and um, you know the most important relationship that we have is the relationship that we have with ourselves mm. and if that isn't from a place of like love compassion kindness you know if you can't give that to yourself how could you ever give that to anyone else such as you know that that situation that you're in where you were highly strong highly stressed highly fearful you want to let go of everything and, and you broke up with Danielle for a certain period of time for three days I think you were saying it's like when we were not in tune with ourselves we start reacting different to the world. And when we are, when we come from a place of compassion and then that intense love that you were feeling in that situation, did you, do you feel afterwards that you changed in how you were in yeah. terms of, yeah. But even that experience, because like, particularly with ayahuasca, the trip goes on for about seven, eight, nine hours. Oh, wow. So that's only one moment in time of that trip and you can kind of come in and out of a trip as well. Yeah. But there's extremely harsh moments, scary moments, amazing even moments outside of that as well. So the idea is that when you're just trying to understand yourself more, you're going to experience these things, good, bad or indifferent, and you're just trying to accept, breed and just allow this information to come true. And it's just a very, very visceral experience. And that's what I mean about in, uh, integration. You're not using these experiences or psychedelics to change you or rely on them every single week. They're just giving you downloads and messages. Now, what, what are you going to do day to day? What's the action step? So if I just look back at my life now over the last kind of five years, like I'm just trying to be a better father. I'm just trying to be a better man. I'm trying to be a better husband. I'm just trying to be better. Mm. And that requires stripping away the old bullshit beliefs that I have. Again, understanding myself more and ultimately then being disciplined or stepping forward in, into the man I'm always destined to be. And how do you, how do you find disregarding them old beliefs that you once had? How they're difficult but hence why you have systems <clears throat> so again you're journaling on stuff or you're, you're writing on stuff you step forth into fear you begin to question things because even again like the things that I, I quote unquote succeeded in my, in my life at some point I, I didn't believe I could do some of them things mm. and some things that, that I've done and that's just like proof that I, I, I could do whatever I want but I, I do believe genuinely as humans we're here to create yeah oh definitely yeah. but that idea that it's going to be easy our passion is like nice and flowy is actually quite the opposite and hence why I like psychedelics it's not something I would recommend to everybody yeah but like it's not nice it's not easy like they're, they're extremely difficult journeys like you're 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 shitting yourself going into them going yeah. what am I going to experience what is it going to show me will I be able to accept this information yeah because you don't know what's going to come up well the beauty is that message that lies behind it it's obviously had a major impact on your own life every time yeah, you've 100%. gone in. But it's like anything, I suppose. A anything in your life can be used as an avenue for your personal development. Yeah. So what's going to train later on? We might not want to do it, but if we're willing to work through that resistance and get it done, on the other side of that is the endorphins of yeah. feeling great, of getting that, that thing done. The growth. That thing done. Exactly, yeah, that yeah. Growth. growth. And yeah. that's just what all of this is. It's like deep, deep down, we all know what we should do, but actually you know, knowing and doing Oh, it's, it's so so difficult oh, I don't have yeah. the answer I'm not saying that what I do is I, I'm perfect and I'm right all the time I don't get things right all the time but I, I have a want to grow I to have a want continually to continually improve yeah that's what it I is I think Tony Robbins talks about if you're progressing as a human being you're always going to be happy so once you're actually able to progress you, you're okay you don't yeah. need everything to be perfect but you've got to you have to star, yeah. you have something you say aim, aiming towards. towards something yeah so have a goal in mind but well, what are you doing today about it? Yeah. It could be getting out of bed. It could be going for a walk. It could be doing a gym session. It could be whatever. But once you're actively working towards that goal, I think you'll feel better. Well, there's major reward now, isn't there? When you're working towards something, it's like it gives you, it gives you purpose as well. Where if the if it's just like it's just it, life becomes too. Sorry, sorry about that. Like you going? You were saying yeah, yeah, far away. Yeah, a mentor uh, told me before it's so much easier to die. As in, it's so much easier to stay in bed. It's so much easier just to stay comfortable. It's so much easier not to step forward into a newness or a discomfort 
or trying to push yourself beyond what you believe you're capable of. Exactly, yeah. So that's, I think but that's the difference having conversations and surrounding yourself with people. Mm. When you are surrounded by people who genuinely want to be better and they want to have open and honest conversations, there's a huge avenue for growth there. Yeah. Because we're all just bumming along doing our best. And we don't all have, like, no one has the answer. So if you can connect on that level and have a real want to help each other and help ourselves, you've no idea what you can achieve. And it's beautiful, isn't it? I suppose when you have a group of people around you that are like that, it's just, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah definitely so. You have, you're creating the tribe that you want to have and around you. And that's why I, I just think it's so, it's, it's unbelievable at your age and having these conversations and having this mindset. Like I said, I was about 26 myself when I stepped forth into this. But realistically, I only probably... Movement 101, say the last five, six years, I've really began to kind of step forward into this way of thinking and this way of being. Yeah. What? How have you got to this point and how have you been able to... I think what I put it down to, Brian, I keep talking about it. <laughs> It's meditation. Yeah. It's just giving me self-awareness and just this understanding that like, I think what it's done for me, it's made me very emotionally uh, mature. So I, I've, I feel that I have great emotional control over myself. Um, and just so in that sense like uh, w when you have a negative emotion you're able to work through it or what yeah yeah like if, if something comes over me if I feel anger or maybe yeah like a negative emotion not I'd never disregard the emotion I try and understand it and you know especially I'd never with emotional maturity it's like uh, another it ties into like emotional intelligence like if I have a negative emotion that comes over me if someone was to make me annoyed I'm not going to act out on that okay I feel it there I can see it's there but I'm Instead of me, you know, reacting, I just respond in maybe just a way that just doesn't, you know, fire a situation up. You know what I mean? If someone, and I, I just think it's, it's how you deal with people. And I think having, just being in control of your emotions is really important um, for how you even conduct your own business. You know what I mean? If you're constantly angry or upset, the business is just going to go all over the place. But if you can just have stability in yourself, you will have that stability in your business as well. And you'll have that stability with everyone you meet as well and i think it's just really important to uh to have that and i think that's what's really helped me is 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 the awareness and i think just with this with, with the meditation it makes you extremely disciplined as well because yeah. you have to sit down you have to still your mind you have to still your body you have no stimulation there you've your mind at, at the beginning for most meditations for me my mind's always racing it's always thinking this have to do this what happened in the past what I have to do in the future why don't i just hop up and do it right now it's like no just sit still be patient and just just quiet yourself down and i have to say that kind of peaceful feeling that comes upon me 10 15 minutes into the meditation is something i take with me for the rest of the day so anyone that comes into my space into my company i like to make them feel at ease because i think that's the secret behind great conversation as well as how peaceful can you make the person sitting across the table from you or sitting across from you here in the moment it's like it all comes down to just how you are as a person the energy that you give off the vibration that you're feeling you know what i mean and i think it's really important and i think that's what's helped me get to where i am now is what i'm trying to say i think it's really interesting because you mentioned there uh, emotional uh, intelligence because i like i don't believe there's a such thing as a negative emotion it's actually more the narrative and the story we have around that so i talked about fear yeah. initially five years ago remember uh, mike tyson saying fear allows me to reach my highest potential yeah so mike tyson when he's in the boxing ring still felt fear it's not that he didn't feel fear, but his story and his narrative that he, he put to that That's was that well, I'm going to so be well better yeah. if I step forth into this fear. And it sounds like for you at meditation, and I, again, having a good system or standard in place gives you that that moment in time with that emotion to go, how will I react to this? Exactly. What's the story I'm going to put with this emotion? Exactly. Which is everything. I just think it's the biggest advantage anyone could do in business, in life, is, is meditate. I just think it'll make you a better person. People will want to be around you because you feel more at ease in yourself as well. That's class. And I just think, like I, oh, I'm a big believer that we're all spiritual beings. The one thing we all have in common is that we're all spiritual beings. And it's like, when you meditate, you kind of connect to... There's this source that there's something greater than just ourselves. That's what I believe as well. There's, you know, I don't, it could be God. I'm not sure what it is in particular, but it's something out there. And it's, there's great comfort in knowing that there's something bigger than me. It's very humbling as well. Um, and I think what it, it strips back your ego, you know what I mean? You don't think, although maybe you could say I've achieved great things by having this studio set up, by doing my own podcast. It's like, it keeps you very level-headed. I'm not getting, I'm not too big for my boots. I know where I am and... Yeah, I just think there's great insights that you get from meditation that you've got with um, the psychedelic experience as well. Yeah, it's but just I think that's the whole point. The idea is that it's a really good system. And meditation, again, is why we, we know we all should do it. Hmm. But actually sitting down and doing the work is a difficult thing. Oh, it's so difficult. And that, that's where it is. The hardship of progress. Yeah. If you're able to sit down and begin to develop that practice, 
it's a life-changing practice it is that's the one thing we started a conversation with is that hardship you know what i mean the like we we're talking about them moving mountains you get to the top of the next mountain and then you're like geez there's one over there i've got to get to the top of that and then the next one just keeps on going but you you said something that's really key as well it's like if there's there's no hardship where is the sense of achievement or reward in that you know what i mean i'm not saying all areas of life has to be difficult but it's almost like it it just the victory it's almost it's a bit better when there has been that element of you know that was tough to do you know what i mean and i think it's important to seek that in life as well i would be a big advocate for like even the cold water exposure or you talk about physical training as well as like doing things that are difficult even set up your own business jesus well you had to go through at the beginning is crazy mm. that level of hardship but then it's like you thought you said it as well is that progression that comes with it that feeling of oh that was difficult to do but i've done it and that reward that internal reward that you have going i've achieved something here you know what i mean and i think that's um it's powerful that feeling's powerful and I almost wish that more people could experience that as well. I think it's really important because you're right. I, I, there's a shift happening just now in society that people are getting more awareness and information r- around these things. I think if people understood how adaptable the human body and mind are, yeah. they can understand that they can get better at all these things. Yeah. You know, and again, it's not easy. It, it's going to require that work. It's going to require you to step forward into some degree of hardship. But once we have a knowing of that, again, we can mm. surround ourselves with people. We can go- put good systems in place knowing that we can progress. Definitely. If we stay consistent over time. Exactly, yeah. And I think, going back to the mobility side of things as well, one thing I realized is that when I felt freer in my body, like I think I, I gained awareness through meditation and then when I started meditating, I was like, okay, I'm living in this body because I don't, I actually believe Brian, the majority of people don't even know that they have, that they have a body that can move around because we just think it's just all up here. It's all in the head. It's, you have a body that's the vehicle for life that moves you around everywhere and when I became more aware do, doing through meditation, I was like, okay, I actually want to start moving and then I came across your own work and I think it's just, it's so empowering to have this structure that we have this human existence you know what i mean but use it you have to use it you know what i mean and that's one thing i've picked up from your own work is that it gave me you know empowering empowerment would be the word but just knowing that i can move this and feel good in it because the majority of people go around with pain and i think it's just you can abdicate that pain by actually moving and that's one thing i picked up from your work as well well, very I just want yeah, yeah. to say quickly because that's great that you got that empowerment because our underlying message at Movement 101 is responsibility, empowerment and education hmm. and that's why it transfers so well to every single aspect and things that we've been talking about here yeah. that if we take that responsibility we can be empowered and get the education in order to be better yeah. and I think that's fundamental principles of life that we've literally detailed here throughout the whole podcast they apply to every single avenue of me being a better father of you starting your own business of whatever and I think if you can really lean into that and begin to embrace and connect to those principles, that's what's truly life-changing. No, it definitely is. And it's all about connection. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I mean, it is, though. I think yeah. we're doing this podcast. Like you really enjoy doing them. I love this conversation because we're connecting at a level that we probably couldn't connect without having this conversation right yeah. now. Well, it's just as the power of words and just sitting down. But look, uh, what I love about podcasts as well, Brian, is that like our full, of te- our full attention is here. Mm. I think we're living in a world where you know, it's getting desperate now. Like even you see on TikTok and everything, no one can hold any attention. People are rather, instead of watching a video, just scroll. They don't even realize they're doing. And I just think that's the one thing I love about podcasts is if you're listening to them or you're watching them or if you're even partaking in them, which we're doing right now, is like, we're just here. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful just be in the present moment and not be distracted and just be like, this is everything. And that's why you can form deep connections through doing podcasts is because two people are just in the one moment and they're just engaging with one another acknowledging each other and just there there is you said it there is this connection through conversation and it's a beautiful thing yeah it's class definitely so Bronner Lockton it's been a pleasure how long are we talking there I think we're just about touching 55 minutes just under an hour I flew by it's gone well um, if anyone wants to find you or know more about Movement 101 where do they look um, I suppose the best place would be Instagram yep. so my Instagram handle is Brian underscore at Movement 101 um, or our website movement101.com um, but any questions that you have for me regarding programming or what we do or if i can help you at all feel free to drop your message let me know happy days listen brian it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much thanks man all the best take care happy days boom oh, that, really well. that was good i enjoyed that yeah so there we have it the podcast in full with brian and like i said before brian's an absolute gent it was an absolute pleasure to have him on once again i hope you're taking something from the conversation because that's what podcasts are all about it's kind of learning something new that you may I've not known before. That's what learning's all about. 
picking up new things and applying them to your own life. So yeah, it's it's conversation listening back to a you know, you can almost get caught up in conversation sometimes. When you're in the conversation, you're chatting away, it's just that's a great thing about being able to listen back to him. A lot of things I picked up. A lot of things. And Brian is a very wise man. And uh yeah, I definitely yeah, I take great inspiration from the success that he has in his own life. And he's just yeah, great character to be around and yeah so happy to have him on once again and hopefully it won't be the last time never know in the future and we'll cross paths and do it all over again but if you've enjoyed the podcast please leave a like a review um either on youtube or on spotify or on apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to it and i greatly appreciate any feedback as well let me know what you're thinking about the podcast and just yeah reply to an instagram story whatever it is drop me a message i'll be happy to reply to you as well and uh yeah so yeah if you're looking for Brian, it's Brian Movement 101 on Instagram and myself at James Hempton underscore. So listen, I hope you have a lovely day, a lovely evening, or a lovely night. Wishing you all the best. Take it easy. Lots of love. Bye bye.